Well, praise the Lord and welcome to our Bible study that we have here in my office every Monday and Thursday morning online exclusively for you. I praise God for the opportunity to share His words of truth in righteousness with you. And uh, this is our Romans Bible study. We are nearing the end of this great book. We began in March of 2018 and we are here in Romans chapter 16, the last chapter of this great letter written by the Apostle Paul to the church in Rome and to you and me for us today. What a blessing it is. And we are here near the end of it. Just let me say that if you're jumping in on the broadcast today for the first time, you can go back and listen to all of the teachings and the the, the worship services and everything we do are located on our website, thecrosswaychurch.com. You can uh, find us on the, uh, the YouTube uh, at Curtis Hutchinson 316, my Pastor Curtis Facebook page. We have a church app, Crossway Church. Uh, we have, there is, a, there is an app called Spreaker, which I am thankful to announce. Last night we went over the 600 sermon, 600 uh, message on that app, that Spreaker app, our channel is for those who have ears to hear. And again, we just went over the 600 message mark. There are lots of 22-minute radio broadcasts. I used Spreaker for that at one time, and now I upload everything I do, no matter where I am there, because it's audio, and in case somebody doesn't have the internet where I'm ministering or something goes wrong with the internet, I'm still recording right here on the iPad on uh, audio on, on the Spreaker app, and if you're, uh, you know, if you follow me on that Spreaker app, uh, then you'll get alerted when I go live. Like right now, it's be, it's being recorded live on the Spreaker app, and and again, over 600 gospel-centered, which means for you and me, cross-centered messages, sermons, teachings, and just worship services. And we're thankful for what the Lord is doing uh, in these last days when He is giving His people more knowledge than ever before in the person, the avenue of the person and the work of His Son, Jesus Christ. That is the knowledge God is increasing for His people, that we are to grow in the knowledge and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Not all this other garbage out there that people think they're really ever and ever and ever learning, but it's not resulting in them coming to the truth, which is Jesus and what He did at Calvary. Hallelujah. Everything points to that centerpiece in God's dealings with humanity at the cross. And I am so, so thankful and glad today to know that. Most will not come back to the cross. Those, I'm talking about those who have been saved. Most will not come back to the cross because the sin nature dominates them in such a way that you, you will never let go of what you think is working even if it's not working to come back to the cross. A man told me about three years ago, he said, you know, God's people are not going to come back to the only object of faith he's given them. They're not going to repent and come back as long as they think that which they're trusting in is really working for them. It's such a place of deception to believe that all these things men have brought into the church are actually working. That's the sin nature dominating. That's pride 
That is pride and deceit. And, and, and the church, you can't just tell them to repent, although we need to tell them. But until God shows them that that they've been trusting in, that that they've been boasting in, that where they've put all their money in all these things other than a focus on Christ and Him crucified, none of them work because God only works in the truth. Psalms 33 and 4, For the word of the Lord is right, and all His works are done in truth. Praise God for that great illumination today in our hearts. Romans chapter 16, we will start in verse 20. That's where we'll dig our scratch the ground, dig in and take off. And uh, we'll be talking about a certain topic today in these about four or five scriptures here. I want to read beginning in verse 20 of Romans chapter 16. Lord, help us find the bread of life, the gold the golden nuggets, the wisdom in your word today. Fill us with your spirit, your word, and a love for both. We ask it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. In verse 20 of Romans 16, And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. As we spoke in the last session concerning, he's already under the feet of Jesus. And in all reality, he's already under our feet. But the Bible here tells us that the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. It's going to be manifest, manifest to everyone that the devil is under our feet, hallelujah, because we're in Christ and the devil is under his feet. Now watch this last portion of verse 20 because this is where we're going to talk about today. And Paul says this twice right here in a five little verse section. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Then he says, Timothy, my work fellow, and Lucius and Jason and Sosipater, my kinsmen, salute you. I, Tertius, who wrote this epistle, salute you in the Lord. And by the way, apparently Tertius, however you say his name, it was a scribe for Paul. It says he wrote this epistle. Now, we know he's not the one receiving the revelation of the cross. We know he's not the one receiving the illumination of the Old Testament in the, in the, in the person and, and the work of Christ at Calvary. We know that was given to the Apostle Paul, but apparently this guy is writing at times, maybe most of the time, for Paul. And he tells us here, I, Tertius, who wrote this epistle, salute you in the Lord. Gaius, mine host, the one who's entertaining us here, uh, and of the whole church, salute you, the, you folks there in Rome. Erastus, the treasurer of the city, salute you, and Quartus, a brother. And then he says, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. And both times, this is spoken by the Apostle Paul, nevertheless written by Tertius or whatever his name is, he was scribing that which Paul was giving him to scribe, to say. But he all of a sudden throws in, maybe Paul said, go ahead and let them know that you are the one writing this for me or, 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 or whatever. But nevertheless, the main point we want to talk about today for the few minutes we have is, is here in the Word of God, the Bible says, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. 
in verse 20, then that is said again in verse 24. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. And after that, the word amen, which means so be it, is, is declared there. Now, when we, and this is something that I, I really don't think that, that very many people in the church realize really what grace is. If you ask a Christian, they'll say, well, I'm saved by grace. Okay, well, then what does that mean? I mean, what is grace? If you're saved by it, what is grace? Oh, well, grace must be have something to do with what Jesus did at Calvary because that's how I'm saved, what he did there for me for the forgiveness of my sins, saving me from my sins and the wrath to come. So grace must be tied to Jesus and what he did at Calvary. Well, in the book of John, chapter 1, the Bible says Moses came with the law. The law was a ministry of condemnation, wrath, and death. That's what the Bible describes as the ministry of law. Even though the, the Bible declares the ministry of law was glorious, but yet that which was glorious under the old covenant was still held in a place of condemnation, wrath, and death. But Jesus Christ comes, and he, he comes full of grace and truth. I want you to remember that. Jesus comes full of grace and truth. Grace is what Jesus tasted death by faith through. The Bible says in Hebrews 2, 9 that by grace, Jesus tasted death for all men. So grace is what God does. Now I've taught this for the last four or five years and if you're just now jumping in on this, I, I, I know that I'm not a big uh, TV preacher and I'm not a big you know, uh, popular preacher. Nobody knows me and that's okay. I only have the sphere of influence God has given me, which is you apparently at this moment because you're listening. But God's grace is what God does. It's nothing more, nothing less. God's grace is what God does in us, to us, for us and through us that we can't earn, we, we can't work for, we can't pay to make it happen. <coughs> it's simply God's grace is simply what God does when he finds a heart believing unto righteousness, a heart believing that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that he died for their sins and that their faith in that in that alone gives them the avenue called grace, which is for God to be able to work in their lives. First of all, we're saved by grace. The Bible said God was in Christ reconciling sinners at the cross. God was in Christ reconciling sinners to himself. And Jesus tasted death by the, that grace of God. It's what God was doing in Christ at Calvary. And if that's where our faith remains today, God's grace will be functioning in our life. What's that mean? Grace, and the church needs to preach this. If you're a pastor and you're listening to me, forget where you're hearing it and just begin to share it. Your people need this. They need It will help them so wonderfully and marvelously. I'll watch the effect that it has had on our people here at Crossway Church to learn these wonderful things of the Word of God, that God's grace is what God desires to do and will do and can only do when He finds faith. 
It takes God finding a heart believing under righteousness in the initial onset of our born-again experience, we believed with the heart under righteousness, which is what Jesus did, that work of righteousness at Calvary, and God saved us by that grace, that grace that Jesus tasted death by. (laughs) And therefore, we were crucified with Him. We tasted of that death, and therefore, we can proclaim as the psalmist, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Hallelujah. And that's when we taste by faith of that death, our faith in what Jesus did at Calvary, that we can see. Jesus told Nicodemus, you can't see the kingdom, you can't enter it, or even you can't see it, you don't know anything about it until you're born again. And that only happens through faith in Christ and what he did at Calvary for the forgiveness of your sins. And I want you to know that today. God's grace is God at work in your life, saving you, keeping you, teaching you, laboring through you. Titus chapter 2 says we're taught by grace. That means God doing the teaching, not just men communicating to men. The Holy Spirit, who is God, is the great teacher. It's called grace. If we're learning anything of the Lord, then it is called grace. He is teaching us. But He only teaches us the truth. He teaches us what He is allowed to guide us into. Amen. You can learn very well not to stick tweezers in a light socket if you ever do that. You'll learn to never do that again, but that has nothing to do with the truth or grace. The lost world can learn things. Paul wrote to Timothy and said, in the last days, the people of God will ever be learning, but they won't come to the truth. When will you, my friend, come back to the truth? Let the things that have oh so intrigued the church for years go back to where they belong in no place in your life wherever that is the object of faith God has given us so that he might save us by grace teach us by grace and labor in and through us by grace is the cross of Jesus Christ when you add to that you eliminate yourself you remove yourself from grace read the book of Galatians immediately in that letter to the Galatians Paul says I am more I'm amazed at how soon you have so soon removed yourself from the one who's called you unto this grace. I've been there. I've been there. That's why I'm so amazed and full of joy at the opportunity daily to follow Christ. How? By denying myself, taking up my cross daily and following Him. If you're under the mindset that you can just live for God however you choose, my friend, you've been duped and you're living in a, you're, you're eating from, the, you're eating the bread of deceit. The bread of deceit. Look that up in the Bible. The bread of deceit versus the bread of life. When we're partaking of the bread of deceit, we're using God's Word out of its righteous context. Deceit is that which we think is right, but it's wrong. It's called deception. And remember, deception simply means, I don't know that I don't know, but I think I do. It's deception. People who are deceived don't know they're deceived. 
That's why it's called deception. Think about it, my friends. But twice in this last portion, as this letter is beginning to end, didn't sound too good, but as the writer here, Paul, begins to close this letter out and this probably most beautiful letter, informative letter written in the New Testament because in, within this letter, specifically chapters 6, 7, and 8, reveal to the child of God how to live for God. It's not by you getting to choose, well, I, you just live for God. No, you live for God not on your own terms, my friend, using Scripture the way you put it together. But Jesus said the Bible is about Him. And he's the only one that's full of grace and truth who is truth and can impart truth to us. Grace is what God does. So when any writer of the Bible says, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you, grace only flows from Jesus Christ. And anything that flows from him to our lives doesn't flow through anything we do. Let's please get that before this session is over. Grace doesn't come to me because of what I do. It, 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 God's grace flows into and through my life based on if I'm believing the right thing. For so long, too long, 90% or higher of... 99% of the church, and I know people don't even like me saying that because they say, well, he thinks he's the only one who knows. I am not the only one who knows. But listen, just be make it personal today. Ask yourself, do you think God gives you grace because you decided to go do something that even it's biblical to do? Well, it doesn't work. God imparts grace where he's able to impart knowledge. We grow in the knowledge. That's the spirit of truth guiding us into the knowledge of Jesus so that by grace we might grow. See, we grow in the knowledge of the Word in the context of Christ and Him crucified. That's the truth. And then God's grace grows us, uses us, ministers through us. Get this, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's His grace. He brought grace. He tasted death by grace, and the only avenue of that grace is His death, faith in His death, not to get saved. And then there are many other avenues of grace. If I go do this, God will give me grace. No, if I keep my faith in the cross, God will direct me by grace which avenue to go, where to be planted in the house of the Lord, the ministry I'm called to, so that He, by grace, what He does through me, <coughs> will be the fruit. Listen. The fruit of faith is always righteousness. Romans chapter 4 calls it the righteousness of faith. 
the righteousness of faith. The moment you and I believed in Christ and what He did at Calvary, you were declared by God righteous and justified in Jesus Christ. Righteous. You were made righteous. Ephesians 4 and 24 declares we were created in righteousness. That work of righteousness at Calvary in Christ. You were created in righteousness and true holiness and you were set. There was a race set before you that is the path of righteousness. That's the only path the Lord will lead you down. When you're being led of the Spirit, the fruit is that of faith which is righteousness. The righteousness of faith. Not just who you are in Christ, but now the fruit you bear in Him. This is all done by grace. By grace. Through faith. Not just by grace. God does not know just by grace. No, by grace does not exist without through faith. Peter writes in 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 5, we are kept by the power of God, which is what Christ did at Calvary, but hold it, through faith. Through faith. We're not just kept. We can walk away. The, the children of Israel, the, the Bible tells us in the New Testament that Israel grieved, tempted and grieved him for 40 years and, and fell dead in the wilderness. And God swear they're not going to enter into my rest because of their unbelief. And he tells us those things were written as our insamples. The word insample is greater than the word example. Insample is a stamp, a die to look at, a resemblance, the very thing that's going to happen again. Again, that's exactly right, my friend. When you look back and you see an unbelieving Israel who fell dead in the wilderness and God swore in His wrath that they will not enter into His rest, you and I better wake up because that was given to us as an ensample, a die, a stamp. What, listen, what goes around comes around. I don't want to be a part of, a, of a, a, the church that develops this... Uh, unbelieving heart, this, this uh, hey, where, what does it say? Let's just turn over and see. I believe it's in Hebrews chapter 12. Let's look over here and see if we can find this. Having a, a heart of, of unbelief uh, that we don't we don't have we don't allow sin to uh, deceitfully deceive us and cause us to start trusting in other things, which is unbelief. To not trust in the cross and the cross alone is unbelief, and we can we can allow a heart of unbelief to take place in our lives. We, we can allow that. And, 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 and I can't find it, but I know it's there. I'm not going to spend much time on that because I, I, I want to stay here where I am. But you and I, if we don't guard our hearts, a heart of unbelief can begin to take place. It all takes place in the mind. That's where it begins. With thoughts. Thoughts. 
that you and I as Christians have been given the opportunity to take those thoughts captive where? To the obedience of Christ. That means faith in what he did at Calvary, his obedience unto death. We take those thoughts there. Mark it down, my friend. Those thoughts are going to take you somewhere that you may never return from. You may never return. If you don't grab those thoughts... And I'm not just talking about thoughts of lust and thoughts of greed and thoughts of these, these obvious sin. I'm talking about if you and I don't begin to grab those thoughts that would tell us that we need to be trusting in more than the cross, that's a heart of unbelief. It's, and, and our hearts will be deceived by the deceitfulness of the sin nature. Not acts of sin, the sin nature will deceive us and is deceiving us if we think we need more than the cross of Jesus Christ to trust in. It's the only place grace comes in to save. It's the only place from which grace comes to keep. It's the only place from which grace comes to teach us and to use us in the labors as a co-laborer with our faithful Lord. We don't need to forget this. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. The grace of our Lord, the grace of who? Our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. That means what He's doing. That means His power, His knowledge. We're growing in that. We're not, we're not still, listen to me now. We're not still looking for the avenue through which God is going to bring this last great day's move. In, 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 listen. The Bible doesn't talk about a, a last great day move. You won't find it. If you do, send it to me. What you'll find is a great falling away of the church, a great being, the church being seduced to ever learning but not coming. to The, the, the end result is from what they're learning, which is psychology today. 99% of all that's preached today is psychology because it's not God's word pointing to the cross of Christ. And people who disagree and refute that are being dominated and deceived by the sin nature as I speak right now. 99% of all preachers think we need more than what Jesus did at Calvary today. And they're going to answer to the Lord for that. They're going to answer to Him for that. And you and I need to understand that if God is working in our lives, it is by grace through faith. And that's the measure of faith we were given at the born-again experience. And that measure of faith is that measure that's been portioned out, measured from the faith of the Son of God who loved us and gave Himself for us. At Calvary, outside of trusting in the cross of Christ, grace is not functioning in our lives. If it is anyway, if, it just, if God just goes ahead and allows grace to function anyway, then He wasted His time writing to a church in Galatia. And let me tell you something. God has never wasted one moment in all eternity. It doesn't exist with Him, and He tells you and I, don't waste time. Don't be a waster of time, but rather redeem the time. And when He tells us to redeem the time, that speaks of Calvary. Let the word of the truth of the gospel permeate through your hearts and minds. The Bible is written in that context. After creation and the fall of man, the rest of the Bible is God's redemptive plan for men. 
and to see it in the light of any other thing, the focus of any other thing, means our vision is blurred. And we're partaking from the, the bread of deceit instead of the bread of life. Think about that. You and I are called to grow. Not in any way we choose to. Not on our own terms. But in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. If it's not increasing the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ and God at work in your life, that's grace, with the manifestation of the fruits of His righteousness, the fruit of righteousness, my friend, we're just playing a make-believe game. We're just playing make-believe. And we need to repent. and We need to come back to Calvary, which it really, until we come back to Calvary, there is no true repentance. Paul wrote to Timothy at the very end of 2 Timothy chapter 2 and said that we're only opposing ourselves, trapped in the snares of the devil until we acknowledge truth and then God, peradventure, will give us repentance. Repentance comes at acknowledging the truth and that doesn't mean just acknowledging that God's words are truth but that you acknowledge the cross of Christ is the truth that allows you to repent. There is no such thing as repentance without acknowledging the truth. And the truth is what makes you free and brings the time of refreshing into your life when you do repent, when God does give you repentance, when you do acknowledge the truth who is a man, Jesus Christ, and what He did at Calvary. I pray that the grace of God be among you be present in your life, be moving mightily in your life because God's grace is God allowed, allowed by the faith you have in Christ and Him crucified to work in your life. And outside of that, outside of that is just us laboring by ourselves without becoming the co-laborer that God has called us. God bless you. Thanks for watching. And pray for us. Sow into good ground. You can't replace the tithe with your works. Other things. You can't replace going to church with family. God's looking for faith and faith only takes place when there is action in the heart in obedience toward God's Word, which can only take place and be accepted by God when it's a faith in the cross of Jesus Christ. Get in a local church. Get planted. And don't, don't trade in what God has commanded you in His Word for serving Him on your own terms. He's calling His people to a place of repentance. I pray that you can hear Him. Harden not your heart while it is called today. We don't live for God on our own terms, but according to every word He's spoken that we can hear. We're willing to hear and follow Him. Hallelujah. You can sow into this ministry at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can text the word GIVE to the number 903-231-5950. Be faithful to what the Lord is leading you to do and you will find His great presence and the blessings that come from His presence in your life. I'll see you next time. Until then, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We'll see you then.